It's Monday, April 30th, 2018. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, this is our weekly Monday Bible study and call to prayer. Today, we are continuing our study on the gospel according to Luke, and we are joined by David Wooten, our Florida State Director. It's David's task to cover Luke chapter 14 all the way through chapter 18, verse 14. But today, he will walk us specifically to the passage found in Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Thanks, Herbie, and welcome, everybody, to this edition of the Defender Podcast. As we are continuing through Luke's Gospel, our staff is studying through Luke's Gospel together, and we're happy to have you joining us for today's edition of the Defender Podcast. Today, we're focused on Luke chapter 17, and I want to begin reading in verse 11. While traveling to Jerusalem, Jesus passed between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village... Ten men with serious skin diseases met him. They stood at a distance and raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he told them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And while they were going, they were healed. But one of them, seeing that he was healed, returned And with a loud voice gave glory to God. He fell face down at his feet, thanking him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus said, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Didn't any return to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he told him, Get up and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Here's Jesus in these verses on his way to Jerusalem. We began in chapter 9, verse 51, where Jesus determined to go to Jerusalem. And it is there in Jerusalem where he will be tried and betrayed and crucified and raised again from the dead. And he's on this journey now that's going to last from Luke chapter 9, verse 51, all the way into the uh, 19th chapter of Luke's gospel, where we see Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Here in these verses, he is passing between Samaria and Galilee. You may know that there was hostility between the inhabitants of Samaria and Galilee, just as there was hostility between the inhabitants of Samaria and Judea. In fact, the hostility was so great that the usual route to go from Galilee to Judea or from Judea to Galilee was a very out-of-the-way route across the Jordan River just so you could avoid having to go through Samaria at all. That's how thick the tension was between these groups. And here we see as Jesus is coming towards a village in Samaria that these ten men, most likely with uh, diagnosed with leprosy, uh, encounter him. These Ten men, because of their diagnosis, are quarantined, not just for a week or a month, but for a lifetime. They've been removed from their family, from their synagogue, from their jobs. The only interaction they can have with anybody is with each other or other lepers. There were ten of them. Most likely they were comprised of Jews and at least one Samaritan. And it's very likely that there may have been 
men from other countries because this was a major trade route that connected Asia Minor to Northern Africa into Southeast Asia. They encountered Jesus, and in verse 13, the Bible says, They raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. How did they even know who Jesus was? They didn't have TV. They didn't have smartphone. They didn't even have any human interaction. Well, I believe that Jesus' teaching and deeds had spread through every inch of that area. And maybe someone had come, maybe a family member or a friend, someone had come close enough to those lepers. They couldn't come up and talk directly to the lepers because they were not allowed to be near these unclean men. But maybe someone shouted the news from a distance. There's a man. His name is Jesus. He's raising people from the dead. He's making the blind see. The lame are walking. The deaf are hearing because of this man. Watch for him. Maybe someday he'll come this way. This is what he looks like. There's always a group following him. We call him Master. How could they not have heard of him with all that he was doing and all that he was teaching? And now the day that they had prayed for and dreamed of had arrived. Here he was. It's Jesus. They're so excited. They're talking to each other. Maybe he can heal us. And they start shouting out to him. And Jesus' response to them is very unusual. In the past, in Luke's gospel, when we've seen Jesus heal someone, he has touched them and healed them or spoken and healed them. That's not what happens here. Jesus says, go show yourself to the priests. Those are the instructions of the Old Testament, Leviticus 13 and 14. Only the priests were authorized to make the diagnosis of leprosy as well as release them from the quarantine if they had been healed of leprosy. So these leprosies knew exactly what he meant, that Jesus was going to heal them of leprosy. Now, they hadn't been healed yet. They started to go to visit the priests, and verse 14 says, As they went, they were healed. The skin, the sores, their toes, their fingers cleared up. They must have exclaimed, look at my hand, it's clean. Mine too, another one said, it's happening. Filled with joy and excitement. And then we read verse 15. One of them, seeing that he was healed, returned. Imagine these ten being healed. They can't wait to get to the priest so that the priest can pronounce them clean and they can go home. They can kiss their wife again. They can embrace their children again. They can go to synagogue again. Let's go see the priest. Hurry up. Let's go. But then one of them says, wait, we're clean, aren't we? The other nine say, yes. He says, it was Jesus who made us clean. We've got all day to go see the priest. Let's go back and see him and thank him and honor him. Oh, but the nine said, we don't have time for that. But the one said, aren't you grateful? And they said, grateful? Grateful? How could you not be grateful? And in fact, I believe that all ten were grateful. No question about it. Their lives had been changed forever through this healing. The hearts of all ten of them were filled with gratitude. But not so much that they wanted to detour back to say thank you to Jesus. And so the one said, guys, listen, we may never meet again. We've spent all this time together in misery. I've enjoyed your company 
But if you guys are going ahead, then go. I'm going back. And he returned. And the Bible says that again, with a loud voice, he glorified God and praised God. You know, the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 21, that the primary sin, the foundational sin of all lost people is that even though they know God, they do not honor him as God, neither are they grateful. That's the root sin of every other sin. The two sins that every lost person is guilty of, refusing to honor God as God and ingratitude to God. Well, here these ten are. One of them goes back and gives thanks to God. And the Bible says in verse 16, he was a Samaritan, a leper, a Samaritan, a social outcast. And he fell at Jesus' feet to thank him. I can't help but think of the fact that we are by nature spiritual lepers in a spiritual sense. But in Christ, for those of us who have turned from our sin and put our faith in him, God has cleansed us. And our response should be just like this lepers who was healed. Worship and thanks and honor. And so I just want to draw some applications to this study today as we come to a close. One is that it's one thing to be grateful. It's something altogether to show it and to express it. And if a person is truly grateful, then he or she will show it. Another application I would draw is that obedience precedes evidence and explanation. Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. There's no evidence that they're going to be healed. There's no, not even an explanation given by him in the text. Hey, listen, if you go, I will heal you. He just expects their obedience. Before he gives them any evidence, before he gives them any explanation, he expects their obedience. God expects the same thing of us. Many times we, we say to God, you tell me why and then I'll obey. But God says, no, you obey and then I'll tell you why. Maybe. <laughs> One other thing I would point out as an application from this passage is that you and I need to cultivate a thankful heart. You know, if somebody has a thankful heart, if they are filled with gratitude and express that gratitude, that's proof of humility in their heart. The humble person is one who will express gratitude. So maybe today I could give you a homework assignment. Who are three people that you could express gratitude today? Maybe you could text them or call them or email them, or speak with them in person, and tell them something specific, direct, without expecting anything in return to express thanks for them today. Let's cultivate a heart of thanksgiving. Well, thanks, David. And this week, we are also praying for the country of Haiti, and we are praying specifically against the voodoo practices that are rampant throughout the country and even infused in some of the churches there in Haiti. We're praying that the church in Haiti would be dedicated to the Word of God so that they might serve the Lord in faithful obedience. We are praying for Haiti's central authority, the IBESR, as they implement changes in the matching procedure in Haiti. And we're praying that all the changes will be in the best interest of the children children in Haiti, and specifically that they would allow U.S. agencies and Haitian creches to advocate for children with special needs. Pray for Meredith and Morgan 
and Brooke as they continue to walk through the open doors in Haiti as we meet new potential partners and build relationships with our existing partners in country. Pray for a trip that happened last week and, and for the team, for Meredith, for Brooke, and for Josh and the opportunities that they're there now and they will continue to have opportunities to minister to our orphanage partners. Pray for wisdom for Meredith as, as she assesses the possibilities for future trainings at, at new orphanages. Pray for the over 50,000 children who are institutionalized in Haiti, with over 75% of those children having no legal identification or low, no legal information or possibility to be adopted. Pray for these children, and the Lord would open doors for them to hear the gospel and find hope in Christ Jesus. We pray for our families as they face different challenges that come from a longer process, um, undergoing lots of transitions. Pray that they will find peace and peace in Christ as they wait to bring their children home. Praise uh, that families who have traveled to Haiti on their socialization and bonding trips this year and that these children and families are doing well. And, and we, we praise God that several of these families have brought their kids home this year and there are more uh, that will be bringing their children home before the year is over. So let's let's pray uh, for the country of Haiti and specifically for the children of Haiti. So Lord, we, we just ask that you would strengthen the churches and strengthen the country of Haiti, that they would r- rule and, and, and that they would war against these voodoo practices that your spirit would break down the strongholds of voodoo, that your spirit would break down the animistic uh, religions that are within Haiti. And Lord, that ultimately your gospel would prevail and that your gospel would be made known in Haiti, that, that people, men, women, boys and girls would come to saving faith and knowledge of Christ Jesus. Lord, we pray for our team that, that they would be able to, to adequately explore the opportunities ahead of us in Haiti, that they would use uh, all of the resources that you have given us to to make known your gospel, to make known your praise in the country of Haiti. Lord, we're grateful for the opportunity to work in Haiti and pray for Meredith and Josh and Brooke and our team as they continue to serve you this week in Haiti. Well, Lord, we ask these things in your name for the for the for your sake and your gospel to be made known in Haiti. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel to you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.